Failure host. And this is Wildlife Conservation Insights, the podcast dedicated to the connections between wildlife and human being. You want to know more about wildlife, about what's going on, why some species are getting endangered, what are the challenges our world is facing. You want to meet people that dedicate their life to save animal species. You want to be proactive and also participate in species conservation. This podcast is for you. Welcome to Wildlife Conservation Insights. This is episode 14. My guest for this episode is Rebecca Richman. Rebecca is a senior research specialist at Maurice Animal Foundation. She's also an artist and owns an art studio called Studio Dune. Her goal through her art is to celebrate our love for nature. She has been part of Maurice Animal Foundation for 12 years. A little bit of information about Maurice Animal Foundation. It is a global leader in supporting scientific research that advances veterinary medicine. Maurice Animal Foundation has granted more than 2,900 studies that have improved the health and quality of life for dogs, cats, horses, and wildlife around the world. These studies have led to better preventions, diagnostic tools, treatment protocol, and even cures for what ails the world's animals. Some of these breakthroughs have become industry gold standards and are used in every veterinary practice in the United States. I am quite familiar with Maurice Animal Foundation and grateful that I was awarded a grant as a veterinary student a few years back. It was an immense privilege and a stepping stone that allowed me to pursue my dream into wildlife zoological medicine, which later got me into a residency program. But let's go back to our guest. As an artist, Rebecca strongly supports conservation. Here it's what she says. Fluids, viable relationships, bring into focus the connection of one life to another and the ways in which we impact our planets and are impacted by it. I create images that reveal the inherent bond between species and ecosystems, people and the natural world. In this episode, Rebecca and I discuss our work within the foundation and how our art participates to conservation. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to welcome my guest, Rebecca. I hope you enjoy the travel. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing today? Well, gosh, Estelle, I'm just so excited to talk to you and just so, so wonderful of you to invite me to speak, you know, about conservation and just the importance of taking care of our beautiful planet and the plants and animals that we share our home with. So I'm very excited to talk with you today. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's also a privilege for me and I'm really happy, you know, and I am also happy we got to find um, a time to meet because I live, I actually live in France and I know that you're in the US, so it's, uh, there is quite a, a time difference. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. And I'm just, the, you know, it's just really wonderful that we can connect with people clear across the world that mm-hmm. have you know, the same, the same hopes and the same dreams and the same focus, you know, it's just wonderful. So thank you so much for this invitation. 
Yes, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about what you're doing and about, uh, well, that could be, you know, your basically your job and then also uh, how your job participates into conservation? Okay, then, gosh, probably I should start. You know, for a few years ago, you know, I worked for a fairly large international conservation organization and they were really doing their best to protect biodiversity and species all around the world. And so I thought to myself, because, you know, and when I went to school, I used to love to paint and I used to love to create, you know, art. And so I thought to myself, you know, years ago, and this was probably in the, I'm guessing the early 90s. And I thought to myself, gosh, how can I, how can I help people really see what the connections are in nature? You know, mm -hmm. not only the connections from species to species, but connection for the species to, to landscapes, you know, and plants and just everything. And so I thought, gosh, if I could make a visual representation of biodiversity to help people be inspired, that would be just wonderful. So I started painting and trying to, you know, visually bring that to the forefront to help this organization um, really inspire people. And then, you know, over the years, I've just been doing it even, though I don't work for that conservation organization anymore. And so I still have a love, you know, of animals. And I currently work for Morris Animal Foundation, which mm -hmm. is an organization, you know, as you know, that funds yes. veterinary research all around the world. So it's a wonderful organization. But what they do is they're a nonprofit. So they take resources of people who are passionate, you know, about wildlife and about endangered species and then dogs and cats and horses. And they take those passions of the donors and then they, they fund research throughout the world to help animals. Yeah. So that's what I do during my day job. And then my passion, you know, on the weekends and whenever I get a chance is to still paint. Um, so it's very, very important to me to really, you know, help people see those connections in nature and that, you know, there's all these really cool relationships, you know, and that's part of the reason um, that I named named my business Studio Dune, which it's studio and then D apostrophe U-N-E, because as a French speaker, you know that that um, means studio of one. And I was thinking, you know, unity, that's that's the oneness and the connection. And then the universe that has that um, UN, UNI beginning to the word. And that means really one song. So, you know, one earth, one song and mother nature to me is feminine. So that's why it's UNE. Mm, so that's the reason okay. of the, the name for my for my for my art business. Awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> what an explanation. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I love it. So um, for you during your, I would say your daily um, job 
for Maurice Animal Foundation. So what uh, what do you do exactly? Can you can you explain to us a little bit about that? Uh huh. So I got started with the foundation probably. Gosh, it's going on 12 years ago, mm -hmm. and I started as an entry level position with the development team, which is our fundraising team. And you know what they do is just make sure our donors are taken care of, you know, and make sure that they're receiving the information that they need, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's newsletters, you know, on the latest research and helping donors really fulfill their passions. Because, you know, I used to answer the telephone when donors would call and want more information. And they're just so passionate about our mission. They really, you know, want to help, you know, not only conserve and endangered species, you know, like the amphibians around the world and um, gorillas, gorillas in um, yeah, Rwanda. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're, we're just now kind of venturing in as far as the wildlife space, we're venturing in to kind of ecosystem approaches. So I think our last request for proposals for the wildlife portion was based on coastal systems. So coastal wetland systems and, you know, what those species are that are most impacted, you know, in those ecosystems. And so we put out a request for proposals, you know, for people, scientists like yourself to submit to help those species that are really, you know, um, impacted not only by habitat kind of alteration and, you know, pollution and different things. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So we've kind of broadened out to really be specific in our, RFs, in our RFPs. And so at this point, you know, I've been with the foundation almost 12 years and I'm still in fundraising department. But um, what I do now is help, you know, connect the donors' passions with our, with our fundraisers. So, you know, if they're interested in wildlife, we can give them wildlife information if they're interested in let's say equine behavior, we yes. can focus our attention, you know, on that type of work. So we really want to pay attention to what, you know, our donors and our supporters, you know, how they connect with the foundation and the difference that they want to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very important. Also to give them feedbacks. Yeah, uh -huh, very exactly. important. Yeah, so it, it's something that is what what you mentioned is crucial, uh, which is actually um, communication. How do you communicate your work? You know, how do you make people understand, for example, the the result of your research? You know, basically, because you as a scientist, you're working on many things, and sometimes they are very specific. Of course, they are part of a big picture, but they are mm, very specific for most of them. And then, how do you make People understand and funders understand that donors, as you said, understand that, you know, they are funding a work that actually, well, get results. But then for what? You know, how do these results, you know, uh, help preserve the ecosystem? As you mentioned now, and we're working way more on ecosystem. It's, the, I would say globally, the work is more focused on ecosystem and not just on individual or, or species, I would say, because everything we, we understood that everything is, is interconnected, human, animals and nature. 
Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's one of the reasons one of our big focuses at the foundation is delivering, delivering targeted communication mm -hmm. so that we can, you know, share with our supporters what the impact of their gift is. You know, if they're supporting wildlife, we can report to them that because of, let's say, funding of the University of Colorado, mm -hmm. they're doing amazing work with, with amphibians. And what they're realizing is, you know, sometimes when they get these, you know, health concerns for the amphibians in Colorado, what they can do is they can put like a probiotic, probiotic solution on their skin, which protects them and keeps them healthy. So if we can com communicate that to people who support our wildlife program, then that's key because we're not only, you know, on the cutting edge of the research, but we're helping our um, supporters know that the difference that their their gift is making is huge. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, you have a very important job. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I we have some wonderful people at the foundation, and although you know my art isn't directly tied to my work at the foundation, it's something that I'm passionate about, and so I have you know, a blog that I do a couple times a year to share conservation, you know, steps that people can take, like, yes. for instance, with um, hummingbirds, you know, I did a, a conservation corner, what I call, you know, to share information, because, you know, some folks, they'll feed the birds and they'll feed the hummingbirds, mm -hmm. but because the boot coloring, if you add that to a hummingbird feed, if you add that to a hummingbird food, it can kind of damage the hummingbirds, it can hurt them. So I shared with them that if you're gonna, you know, do a sugar solution or something for the hummingbirds, just make sure that there's no food coloring, because that's not natural for the hummingbirds. Yeah. So things like, you know, that are planting native species, you know, really cool plants that the, the bees and the butterflies and the hummingbirds like, you know, that's something that we can all, you know, be passionate about and do and help our help nature that's in our own backyard. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Right there in your backyard, you can actually, yeah, you can make a difference. Absolutely. Yes. The thing that is really interesting in what you're mentioning that your art actually is so within your blog, you actually, or within your, your website, you're actually uh, integrating news about conservation, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's kind of, kind of the reason that I started painting again, because, you know, I loved science and zoology and art when I was, you know, in school, but I kind of, kind of lost touch with the art part of it. But then, you know, I, when I was working for this, this conservation organization and the, the foundation was Animal Foundation. Hi, Lulu. Sorry. There's our, there's our latest new conservationist. Yes, there is a new conservationist. When we're working from home and everything, we're juggling a few things. And yes. that's cool because, you know, it gives us a sense of the younger generation and, you know, why we're doing what we're doing because, you know, we want not only nature to thrive, but also the little ones and the people that will inherit our earth and 
you know, that's one of the things that I try to do with my art is bring attention to things that maybe most people may not know. Like the first painting that I did to try to try to communicate, you know, biodiversity and how everything is connected yeah. was a painting that I um, did of this beautiful river, river in Columbus, Ohio, where I used to live. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a national and scenic river called Little Darby Creek. And then Big Darby Creek is also, they come together and then they form the one Darby. Okay. But um, people didn't, they didn't realize that there were fish in this beautiful river that are about mm, maybe three or four inches long, you know, when they're um, mature and they need highly oxygenated, mm -hmm. really clean water to survive. And they're called darters. And what they do is they dart in and out of the ripples and the rocks of these really clean rivers and streams. And they're as beautiful and as brilliant as fish in the ocean. They've got yeah. these bright orange colors and these really pretty blue colors and red and yellow. And they're tiny little fish, but they're a huge indicator, you know, of how healthy a stream or river is. And so I made the fish, you know, pretty big in this painting, like you're looking into their home. And then the people that lived, you know, in the floodplain of where the river was, you know, gave them information. Because we used to take people out to the to the Darby's when I worked for this conservation organization. And we would show them the darters and the little invertebrates that lived in the river. And the kids and the, the adults, too, couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that these beautiful, you know, life forms yes. lived in the river down the street. So we, you know, we tried to educate them to make sure that they didn't apply chemicals to their lawns because that stuff just leaches, you know, into the stormwater and then it gets into the river. So that was part of the education, you know, that we could do with those folks. But um, so that was, that's an example of one of my first paintings where I wanted to really help people visualize looking into these little fishes homes so yes. that they would be inspired to really care about their actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Do you see, do you still have this painting? Uh, I do. I have, so I have um, the original painting and then I have some prints of this painting. Awesome. It's, it's called um, Home for Daughters. Okay, well, I will have a look at that. Or if you can send it to me, that would be great. Like uh, just a picture of it. I would love that. Yes, okay. thanks. I will. You yeah. know, and that's one of the key, that's one of the key um, messages that I try to do is communicate, you know, not only conservation, but aquatic systems are really important. So I did a whole body of work when I lived in northern New York kind of in the Lake Placid area towards Canada, a whole body of work of seven paintings that were directed and bring attention to the animals, plants and animals that are most impacted by acid deposition mm. because pollution, you know, rises, you know, on air currents from places like Chicago and Detroit and those big cities. And then it rises on these air currents and then moves northeast. And then when it um, rains and snows, you know, in places like northern New York, 
Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, then that pollution is released into the aquatic systems. And so I'm one of those rare artists that even paint um, bugs because mayflies, you know, they're mayflies are very impacted. They're these beautiful insects that that live in some of these really pretty streams and rivers in the Adirondacks. And you know that everything's connected because yes, of fish. everything is connected from like that tiny yes. little bugs, as you said, to whales, elephants. Yes. Yeah, of yes. course. And human is in between. Like what we struggle to realize is that human is actually part of this. We are part of the ecosystem. We are not on the side of it. And if the ecosystem is impacted, we're going to be impacted. And if we impact the ecosystem throughout our actions, unfortunately, we will be impacted in return as well. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I believe too, because, you know, if we can help people, you know, really connect with nature and really love nature, then they're going to have, you know, a much deeper understanding and they're going to care and they're going to think about their actions and how that impacts, you know, the plants and animals around their home. So you're yeah. exactly right. I totally agree. Yeah, definitely. So how do you, how do you get your inspiration? Well, usually it's from being, you know, outside and in nature, because, you know, when I was in the Adirondacks in Northern New York, you know, I was inspired because we lived, you know, on this beautiful, property that we rented we rented a little house on so when i used to go up hiking you know in um, the morning or you know on the weekends i would see you know these these wonderful amphibians and i would see the sugar maple trees and and then when i would sit by the little stream i'd see the mayflies and so i when i when i'm with nature it's like gosh i get like a little kid because it's so beautiful and it's so wonderful and it's just, you know, I don't know what, you know, what it is, but I feel like it's my responsibility to help people really appreciate it. So that's how I get my inspiration. My latest painting was um, that I finished is it's a painting that's looking up into the forest, the conifers, the evergreen trees mm -hmm. and the aspens that are in our neck of the woods here. And when I was up there, you know, hiking in the foothills of the mountains, which is probably maybe a, maybe about an hour, hour and a half away from um, where I currently live. But when I was up there, it was like, you know, all the pretty green colors and, you know, the trees and just, just how fresh everything is. And so I did a little research, you know, when I was inspired to do this painting. And it turns out that being in the forest with trees, yeah. they release certain um, healthy chemicals that help our immune system. Yeah. They help us, you know, stay happy and healthy. And so I, so I kind of brought attention not only to looking up into the forest, but also the pine cones. And they have a spiral, a mathematical kind of formula, which how they're formed and how evergreen trees are formed to make, you know, the best use of water, how it kind of, how their limbs and their shape is to really bring the water, you know, down to the center of their roots. And then another thing that I noticed with the aspen leaves was if, 
you look into those little aspen leaves and you see the stem, and then you see the little veins out of the stem, it looks just like a tree. So it's really cool when you can really pay attention to nature and just really kind of let yourself observe it because then you discover these really cool things that to me, not only inspire me, but inspire other people to look closer too. Yeah. Now that's awesome. So that's, uh, that's definitely true. There are several studies that actually showed that uh, just walking in nature, like walking in the forest or walking in a place that is surrounded by nature and animals actually decrease your cholesterol, your cortisol level and can increase also endorphin that are, yeah, as you say, chemicals that are released when you feel good, you know, or that are making you feel good. So that that's so cool. Huh? Yeah, that's definitely super important. Yeah, yeah. So even, you know, if you live in a big city, you can basically just take a walk and go to the park and that's going to chill you down. <laughs> exactly. I think so too, because, you know, I do my best to take, you know, a walk during the day and I'll come back and I just feel better. Yeah. I just feel better and I feel, you know, refreshed and restored. And gosh, if we could share that with the whole world and they would be inspired to protect nature, that would be so awesome. Mm, yeah, definitely. So we are now pretty close to the end of this um, of this episode. And um, my last question for you is which message would you deliver to the next generation of young people? Mm, gosh, that's probably, you know, a message of just really going for your dreams, going for your dreams and helping animals and helping our beautiful planet is just such a gift, not only to give back to nature, but also to let ourselves receive the gift, you yes. know, the beauty and the just the everything that nature provides us, you know, with food and with, you know, fresh water and air to breathe. You know, I would just, you know, share with everyone and the, the younger generation to really, you know, do what you can to experience nature, to share nature with your friends and family and to care for our earth because it's just, it's a beautiful place to be. And um, it's just something that we can give back. Yeah, definitely. There is, that's a, that's a great message, you know, and uh, I also feel that uh, throughout what you just said, there is a notion of being grateful be grateful for nature, being grateful for all the good things that surround us and trying to actually, as you receive, be able to send back um, all these good things that you can actually feel or can get to your way. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yes, yes, I totally agree. And thank you so, so much for inviting me to speak with you and to learn more about your important work because you know you know we're clear across the the planet from each other but we can connect with people and we can you know inspire each other and that's just so important so thank you Estelle for for everything that you do 
to, you know, work with, you know, people around you and doing the veterinary research and helping, you know, through your podcast and through your website and through your work, helping connect people to our beautiful planet and conservation and, you know, animals around the world. So thank, thank you. you, Rebecca. That's so uh, well, that goes right to my heart. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for accepting my invitation and uh, being able to chat with me a little bit. That's awesome. I really appreciate. Thanks. Uh, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye, Rebecca. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Wildlife Conservation Insights Podcast. You can find more about myself and the show, including our guests on estelvet.com. If you like it, share it. I have also created a Facebook page, Wildlife Conservation Insights, dedicated to my current practice. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Once a month, I will present about wildlife health news around the world in the show called What's Going On in the Wildlife Side. This show will also be part of the Wildlife Conservation Insights as a bonus. Do not hesitate to reach out. Bye-bye.